1: Happy Friday, ladies and gentlemen. I am your co-host, host host for the news segment of your Friday fantasy piece episode. Uh, So let's go ahead and begin running this down as we've got a lot of news this week between the time of our recording and now. Uh, The Miami Dolphins and running back Aaron Jones have reportedly shown mutual interest in a possible deal to get done in free agency. Aaron Jones, the Packers running back, is expected to be leaving the team as soon as possible. The Colts have expressed interest in resigning edge player Justin Houston. The Pittsburgh Steelers have announced Big Ben will be back with Pittsburgh next year. They're working on a deal to make that happen as we speak. Speaking of Pittsburgh, Juju Smith-Schuster also stating he would like to remain a Steeler for the rest of his career. Des Bryant intends on playing for two more seasons, although not with Baltimore. Baltimore. The Packers are unlikely to bring back center Corey, Corey, Lindsley. The trade market has slowed down considerably for Raiders quarterback, who came in, in a spell for one game, Marcus Mariota. although the current betting odds show him to the New England Patriots. The Raiders have also officially released wide receiver Tyrell Williams. The J.J. Watt saga starting to look like it's winding down as three teams remain. Uh, the Bills and the Packers, two of those three teams, and are offers on the table between $15 and $16 million per year. The Denver Broncos have cut defensive tackle Jarrell Casey. Washington Redskins are unlikely to be on, or in the market for Cam Newton once he hits free agency. Russell Wilson has not demanded a trade, but would only consider four teams, those four teams being Dallas, New Orleans, Las Vegas, and Chicago, shockingly. The, the Houston Texans have no intention of franchising wide receiver and currently suspended player Will Fuller. He will hit the free agent market. David Sean Watson has met with head coach David Coley and has reiterated he still plans to main traded. The Titans are releasing wide receiver Adam Humphrey, as well as shopping former first-round pick in this past draft, Isaiah Wilson, after a spat with the team. And the Ravens' offensive tackle Orlando Brown has finally began to reach out and try to make a trade. That is this week's NFL news, and we hope you enjoy the episode ahead. Happy Friday, ladies and gentlemen. Get uh, ready to crack a cold one yourself. Welcome back to Fantasy Beasts and Where to Find Them, the fantasy football podcast. Um... We welcome you, as always. I am your co-host, Kyle Ranny. joined, as always, by my cousin, my co-host, my uh, my sanity on the show, uh, Gary Hull.
0: Yeah, um, you got your big old Bud Light there, and I got my tiny little polar seltzer. I
1: offered you a Bud Light. You said no.
0: I just wanted my seltzer.
1: Yes, sir. So we're ripping through these. Uh, we join you back here on a Friday. Hopefully, you listen on Wednesday. If not... Go back and take a listen. Uh, this episode's going to be important to listen to Wednesday and Friday in both episodes here. Um,
0: we're calculated.
1: Yes, yes. We made sure we do this with some form of an idea of what we're doing. We might not look like it, guys. But we have, uh, we have, we have an idea here. We've got this in the bag. Um, so welcome to part, deux, part two of the Running Back Prospects Evaluation period, um, or RB... P-E-P. I, I don't know what I just said.
0: I don't know. It's an acronym. I mean, I'm not good with those. Um,
1: But we ran through approximately 18 running backs in the course of nine hours over two days. Yeah. And, um, and
0: two big burritos.
1: Yeah. Two big burritos, a subway sub, some old camp. Um, well, Here we are. Any news, obviously, as we're going to probably do for a couple weeks on Friday, will be added to the beginning of the episode. Uh, so, if something happens between the time we record this and right now, as you're listening to this, we'll hopefully have it on
0: here. We will let you know.
1: But without further ado, Gary, what do you say we just jump kind of right into this here? Last week,
0: uh, Zach Brown would say, "Let's jump right in."
1: On, on Wednesday, we discussed running backs: Khalil Herbert, Raheem Boyd. Larry Roundtree. I like his last name. Roundtree. Uh, Kylan Hill. Square plant. <laughs> Chuba Hubbard. Square plant. <laughs> Trey Sermon. Kenneth Gainwell. Javante William. And Travis Etienne. Uh, this week, we pick, or er, well, this episode, we pick up with nine more. We're going to start it out here with Brendan Knox, running yeah. back out of Marshall. Uh, I, was, I was more looking for somebody out of the 2019 NCAA s- collegiate year who had, like, a solid year and might have dropped off this past year. Knox was that guy. Knox at Marshall in 2019 had 270 carries, 130, er, one hundred thirty or 1,387 yards, and 11 touchdowns.
0: Yeah, there was some production there, um, and he kind of caught your eye. Um, You were a little bit high on him when we were watching him. Um, They played against UCF, and that defense was very tough. They were flying all over the field. and He
1: he was a one-man show.
0: Yeah, in that game, um, with how bad that offensive line played, bad quarterback play, bad receiver play, he's about the only thing that actually had some sort of light in that offense. Yeah,
1: he definitely... The downfall for him, he did not benefit from any help on the offensive line. The quarterback did not make plays to put him in a position to succeed. His his bad news, um, he does hold the ball out there pretty loose.
0: Yeah, um, we noticed on one play, he kind of had the ball. It wasn't high and tight how you, you you're supposed to hold it. It was more
1: in front of him, kind of loose, like, like yeah. a floppy burrito.
0: And then when he went into contact, it was a pretty good... Um, like hit by the defender bang bang rolled out with his head yeah um the defender knocked it out with his helmet it was a very low play but on big hits we noted i mean we noted that he might fumble
1: um what we did see though he's a very manageable blocker yep he's eager to get in there and block his speed to the second level is very good he was able to once once he actually got past the line mm-hmm. if he got past the line and touch he was picking speed up, and he was pulling 10 to 15 if he was untouched at the, fir- at the first level every time.
0: I think the, the, the best thing that I liked about him, and you can't teach this, is he's got a high motor, never quit attitude, and that comes from the heart.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, no, on one of these plays, I literally watched him pick up the ball probably five yards behind the line. He evades the first tackle three yards behind the line. Evades a second tackle a yard behind the line and ends up picking up two yards. Like, yeah, it's a two yard play. But he 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 spun out a two and almost avoided a third before he
0: got to the line. Yeah. And he's got some decent size to him. Um six foot two twenty three. He's he's kind of a bowling ball. Yeah, he he does lower his shoulder. Um and he, he did I mean, UCF, we were watching them, they were they were missiles all over that de- all, all over that yeah. off heat that seeker. Field. Yeah. They were
1: hitting hard. Um
0: he broke a couple tackles um, to make something out of nothing uh, with a, against a good defense.
1: Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, as a guy who I just happen to go in and go let's look up some tape, I was pleasantly surprised by yeah. Brendan Knox or Brendan Knox on that one. Um, another guy, small school stud, kind of a bowling ball of sorts coming out of
0: Gary. I think it was Louisiana. What else do we call him? Oh, the Raging Cajuns. Because uh, I I love Cajun wings. The... The Louisiana
1: Lafayette Raging Cajuns, uh, Trey Regas, 5'11", 2'18". Uh, this past year, he, his yardage wasn't really there. 131 rushes, 758 yards, and 10 touchdowns. He's a very good pass blocker.
0: Yeah, good pass blocker. Um, he does get those touchdowns. So, I mean, we only watched, I think, one, maybe two games on We only. watched two out of him. Two out of him. Um, I don't know if they use him as, like, a goal line, red zone type of player. But what I did like is that he fights for extra yards, um sometimes he gets stopped at the offensive or at, at the line of scrimmage but he tends to fall forward. Yes. Um he's an elusive style and not really a power guy,
1: which is shocking because it's somebody that I feel like I would want to put in yeah. as my third down short yardage or goal line back because he has the high motor but he can still get to the outside before he hits yeah. you in the face.
0: But I liked that he was a pass catcher as well. Um they ran most of their offense out of the shotgun, so he might have the ability to be a power back and a goal line back but we aren't sure because we didn't really see that uh that yeah. package.
1: Um but that's it once they got him within 5 yards I saw quite a few options trying to just run him
0: yeah. through the defense. He did I mean he did kind of impress me. Um I did like the way he did fight for the yards. He's not the same type of uh doesn't have the same type of heart and fight that Brennan no- Brendan Knox was
1: Brennan Knox. Brennan
0: Knox did but um I, I was impressed with how he fights for yards, uh, even though he's getting stopped at the line and falls forward.
1: Um, I mean, the thing is, like, he definitely looked better against Arkansas State, but his yeah. tape wasn't bad against Iowa State. And at the no. time, Iowa State was a top 25 school. Yeah, they
0: were twenty ranked 23. <laughs> 23. Uh, and I think they, they were... a heavily defensive school. Yeah, they were getting blown out. I think it was, like, 30-something to whatever, maybe. I don't know. I remember they were getting blown out, but um, basically... He was one of the key points to that offense. Yeah,
1: he's gonna be a guy I think that you look towards in the in the pros and see if he has the ability to punch in a few goal and touchdowns yeah. and maybe make a play here or there. Definitely not necessarily the biggest guy you're gonna have, but I liked what he brought to the to offer. Yeah. Um this guy is complete opposite of of Regas though. Uh, number ten out of UCLA. Usually UCLA is kind of miserable. Uh, for any talent recently yeah but give me Demetric Felton, running back slash wide receiver out of ucla
0: yeah they, it's interesting to have him line, um lined up as both um he was just a big play waiting to happen
1: yeah he he's shifty and quick through the line if given space he's electric um he it, the line is poor. A lot. So we, we happen to see, especially the Oregon game, he was getting buried behind the line. But yeah. I don't think there was necessarily like Felton can't get loose. I think the UCLA line looked like yeah, drizzling shit. I mean,
0: Oregon's usually one of the top three schools in that conference, so they're always a tough team. Yes. Um, the only thing I would say negatively is that he falls easy when he's yes. into contact.
1: Yeah, he wasn't uh, super tough to take down, but what I did notice as well, like a benefit of him, once he actually turns upfield and he's well, gone with that ball, his ball carrier vision to take the correct angles was great.
0: Yeah, he's not really a power guy. He's more of an elusive speed guy. Um, and I did notice that they have him on kick return or punt return, so yep. that's another another tool to his uh, belt. hopeful run
1: to get a, a chance to play here. Yeah,
0: he's got that... Um, he's not really like a a patient runner, but he's got a one-cut vision type of style.
1: Yes, and if he can turn the corner and go and he's got space, he's going to eat chunks. Um, I have
0: not done as an elite pass catcher though.
1: Yes. He was fun. He was a whole other level of, of player. Almost, I guess, reminds me of Antonio Gibson last year out of Memphis. Um, the ability to be a receiver and a running back and get open and make these plays with not much talent around you necessarily. Um... I think I like what Felton could bring at the next level, given it a little bit of time. I almost wonder if he's the same kind of player that Lin Bowden was out of Kentucky last year.
0: Yeah, I mean, could be that type of player. Definitely um,
1: doesn't have the prolific stat line that Bowden had, No, but it's this very similar
0: game I style. I think he's going to be a very good rotational back.
1: Yes. Um, Darren Sproles-esque? Yeah, could be. Uh, moving on here. This is somebody everybody's really high on from the year before. Um, he's super fast, but I there wasn't much that I really loved about him. Uh, we're going to Javian Hawkins out of Louisville here. Five nine one ninety five. This past season, uh, one hundred and thirty three carries, eight hundred and twenty two yards, and seven touchdowns. The straight line speed's phenomenal, and he lines up all over the field. Um, yeah, they
0: use him as a. Uh, I think out in the the flat, yep. they use him behind the. Line of scrimmage.
1: But what I noticed is he tends to get lit up behind the line a lot. He he enters the hole slow if you're running him straight. And he didn't have great awareness.
0: No, and he's not. He doesn't run through arm tackles. He gets brought down Drag quick. Dragged down
1: quick. Yep. And I think a lot of that had to do with the poor awareness that he seemed to exhibit. He he never. Well, I mean,
0: he, to be fair, he is 5'9", 195.
1: But even so, he, he never seemed to pick the right spot of, oh, I, you know, this is opening. I should, I should jump out and go here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It was, I'm going to go this way and I'm going to go this way.
0: The only thing that I would say about him is when he does cut back, it's a pretty good cutback. That's probably one of his best tools.
1: Correct. But it's a matter of if, not yeah, when. He,
0: it's not, um, it's depending on when he decides he's going to make the reads, which, which wasn't awesome.
1: great. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't got much to say. There, JV and Hawkins was actually kind of tough to find tape on. Yeah, Louisville was a mess this past year. They weren't a very
0: Yeah, we watched them play against Florida State.
1: Yeah, Florida State was bad to begin with, and Louisville looked worse. Um, I'm okay with this, though, because this lets us get to talk about...
0: Uh, kind of a local local guy for us. Uh, out of Michigan, but playing out of University of Buffalo. Yep, uh, Jarrett
1: Patterson. Um... Any of you guys with college football vision, anybody who likes to listen to or follow football, what might recognize the name? He had an eight touchdown games past year against Kent State.
0: Yeah, and but I mean that's got to be some kind of record. I haven't. Really I believe it, it was a
1: record. Um, but it, like it didn't stop there. He had 19 touchdowns the last two years. He had 19 touchdowns on 141 carries this year. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I mean, quick math here. I think he might have got hurt in the He bowl got game. banged up. I don't think he got hurt in the, or bowl, not the game, bowl game. The bowl um, game, but he got banged the, up prior. The conference game, I think it was.
1: So nineteen touchdowns, one hundred and seventy-one carries. He was scoring on, on average one out of every seven and a half carries.
0: And I mean, it, that type of potential is really good, Unlimited. especially at the next level. Obviously, he probably isn't going to do that at the next level. It's it's going to be tougher. I mean, they're playing in the MAC. The MAC's not like the SEC where you're playing against top defenses, but. With with what he looked like on film, it isn't t- it isn't tough to say that he will have success at the next level.
1: Yeah, I, I really think his ability, I mean we've seen you be we've seen you be running backs go pro and, and be successful in the past. Brandon Oliver, yep. James Starks. Um he fights for the yardage. He does not get wrapped up easily. He had nineteen touchdowns in six games this year.
0: And for those of you listening, Khalil Mack is also out of the University at Buffalo.
1: Yeah, um his closing breakaway speed is, is freakish. Once he gets open field, good luck catching him.
0: Yeah, right, he's very quick. Um he's quick to the hole, like as soon as he gets the ball, it's like he's already at his block or at his read. Um like he's got that shoot out of a cannon type speed. Um but the only thing is he's that type of player that goes down once he's hit, he's not really a tackle breaker. Uh, but he's going to make guys miss.
1: Yeah, um, and what you did notice as well, and I know you had said this out loud, for being as shifty and quick as he is, he is still more of a north-south runner.
0: Yeah, he he doesn't really want to cut to the outside. He wants to stay in between the tackles. And that's a really good thing, especially at the next level, because that's where your blocks are at. Um,
1: I mean, we did notice he was a bit of an average blocker.
0: Yeah, not too great in pass protection. Um, and I, what, I, what I really liked, I noted here is he's got pitter-patter feet, but not in a bad way. It's very effective. He keeps his feet moving in a way that it's always allowing him to either cut or shoot upfield. Yeah. Always keeping his feet moving, but it's, like, a really nice uh, tool for him.
1: Yeah. Um, Patterson's going to be fun. I, I wish we would have been able to see, like, a full UB season and see him against some higher talent. Yeah. Um, because he he unfortunately didn't get much help by playing only against MAC teams this year. Yeah. But last year, even against bigger talent, three hundred and twelve yard or er, carries, one thousand seven hundred ninety nine yards rushing and nineteen touchdowns. Yeah. And so I,
0: he's consistently produced. And another thing that I like about him is I noticed into contact he likes to protect the ball.
1: Yes, he does cover up very well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will I'll leave it at that. Big fan of him though. Um, next running back we covered. With a bit of a lack of tape, was Ramondre Stevenson. Do we have... Was he Oklahoma?
0: Yes, Oklahoma running back.
1: So, running back at Oklahoma, six foot two forty-five. he's a big boy.
0: I think we watched 2019's tape. Yes. And he was a rotational guy at that time.
1: Yes. Um, he's not initially quick. A lot of rub routes to engage as a receiver. Um, he's definitely tough to take on. He's a bully when he runs the ball. Yeah. Um, he's a, he's a power back, but what we actually saw to him was more relief duty. They Mm. were already winning the game pretty well. Jalen Hurts wasn't even playing quarterback at that point in time. Mm. Um, so like we said, Ramondre Stevenson, I I don't really know what else we could have pulled from him. This is a guy where I feel like he gets checked as an incomplete on our game because we didn't have the tape for
0: him. Yeah, it's tough. Um, I wish we had more tape for him, but I guess we could, I have mostly pros for him. Um. And I, there's a couple cons that I'll name afterwards, but he's he's very good at finding the blocks. He's not um, bad at reading the field. He bounces off arm tackles, which is really nice because you don't want to go down right away. Um, they used him heavily in swing passes. I don't know if it's that their offense or if that's one of his skill sets, but they when he, he catches the ball, it's off a swing pass. Um, and a couple of the negatives I have against him is he's not very fast, and he is very easy to catch up to when he breaks the field.
1: Yes. Um, I There's nothing really that stood out to me, but again, we saw him in a rotational uh, point. I wish we could find more tape on him. I might you still know. try to chase some stuff down, but, yeah, unfortunately not much from Ramondre Stevenson on our I end.
0: I think – Even so, I don't think he would have popped out as a number, a five, a top five back for us anyway. But um, I think he has the ability to be a goal line or short yardage guy.
1: Yeah. Um, Next guy, you really like him.
0: Yeah, I definitely did. I was wowed by his uh, tape.
1: So we've got Jermar Jefferson out of Oregon State um five, stands 510 216
0: yeah and it like that's not like huge for a running back but he plays bigger than he is yes
1: um in six games this season 858 yards seven touchdowns and he missed games this year mm-hmm. well being placed on the covid list um the first game we really saw against Oregon I believe he had three touchdowns so yeah like 230
0: yards and I noted I told I was talking to you about it um a lot of times when Oregon loses games, it's against teams that run a power-slash-pro-style uh, offense.
1: That, against set spread offense you see so much out of that.
0: Yeah. Um, they, like, the, the Pac-12 is a very, it's for the majority, is a spread offense. And Oregon State runs the pro-style. Um, they're very good at running the power-run scheme. And that's... Like, every time you watch a game like Oregon and Stanford, Stanford does this formation where they basically just run it down your throat, the linemen go foot-to-foot, and Oregon seems to struggle against that. And um, Jamar Jefferson's a very good back for a pro-style offense.
1: Yes. Um, he fights for yards. He reads his blocks incredibly well. He runs much bigger than his size is. He can be used as a pass catcher need mm-hmm. Um And I have that he was quick... With his cuts in and out of his lanes.
0: Yeah, he's got a, a very quick burst, um, fights for yards, got quick feet, reads reads the line very well for his blocks, and he's very physical.
1: And I will say, for as noticed as we said he was physical, the kale game, we also noticed he has the breakaway speed as well. He has the ability, once he gets in the open field, at mm-hmm. least I noticed this, once you got him in the open field, he wasn't going to be caught. He's putting the burners on. He's making sure you're, you can trail him. Yeah. You're not going to pull him down.
0: The only negatives I have against him right now are as there was very little film of him blocking and not much of his pass-catching ability on film.
1: Yeah, um, we had very little pass-catching from him. And like I said, it's still a lot of a mystery with him. What we saw, we loved.
0: Um, but it could also be because of the offense. They, Oregon State ran a lot of single back. yes. Uh, Two tight end sets, so it could just be the type of offense where they don't require him to block and go out for passes very much.
1: Um, I mean, I said flat out his second and third gear speed is is special. Yeah, it's elite. I have special and elite breakaway. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he, he's a very one-dimensional back, though. You're not going to have much from what we're seeing as a passing back, and he's not going to pass protect for you either. Right, and let, He's a first two-down back.
0: He could have the ability... We just don't know because there's not enough film on it. I mean, who's to know? He could get coached up on it. Who's going to know? Who's going to know? No one's gonna know. right one now. Know. Um, definitely more of a running style back, but could be could improve at the next level.
1: Yeah, I I like his his prospect. He's the whole
0: reason uh, he basically they beat Oregon. Um, yeah, he, he had like 200 something yards. maybe. I believe he might have had the game winning touchdown.
1: I think you're right. Um, Michael Carter. So we touched on the last episode, uh, UNC's dual-headed monster, he was more of the... Change of pace, speed guy. Yes. He was the lightning... To the thunder. To Javante Williams' thunder. Is it Javante Williams?
0: Javante Williams, yes.
1: Yes. They use him more as a pass catcher. He doesn't have the best hands, but he is the faster of the two backs for sure. Yeah, definitely. He's much more fluid and shifty, but he is easier to take down as well. Mm Mm-hmm. You got to wonder how much he benefited from being tossed in after Williams.
0: The only thing I will note is there's like a fluctuation of statistics between the two, and it seems like that offense went with whatever the hot hand was that week. Which
1: I also will say, though, where we called Javante Williams a one year really hit. Yeah. Michael Carter um, had the better stats the year before. Michael Carter's most, or Michael Carter's year this year, 156 rushes, 1,245 yards, so eight yards per carry average, nine touchdowns, and then 25 catches, 267 yards, and two touchdowns. Year before, 177 yards, 1,003, or 177 attempts, 1,003 yards, three touchdowns. So he didn't have the touchdown production there. But he's been productive almost all mm. four years of of collegiate. Um, 2018 being his down year with only 597 yards mm. and two touchdowns, but he still averaged 7.1 a carry that year. Yep. Um, he's versatile as a, as a receiver. He secures the ball for contact, but I he he's not going to be the guy who's going to be your pass block or pass blocker. He's not going to be your power guy.
0: No, he's it's it's almost like a James White esque player. Very
1: similar. I like that comparison a lot. Um, but yeah, I didn't have a whole bunch more on that, and in your main event of tonight's episode, um, most people listening would probably know already, Gary and I are are both humongous Clemson Tigers
0: fans. And before you judge us, we grew up as Clemson fans.
1: Yes, not, not like, oh, they started winning Let's Be fans, like, oh, 2006, Um, they're really bad Let's Be fans. Yeah. But...
0: And there's stories behind that, but we won't discuss it. The reason we preface this, um,
1: last episode we touched on Travis Etienne, who, in most rankings, is number one.
0: Yep. A lot of people have him as number one because he's a very solid pass catcher and has shoot out of the cannon type speed.
1: But... I would be willing to say that this is the first one that Gary and I have our first draft man crush of the year. Yep. Um... Najee Harris from Notre Dame. Bama. He, er, or, yeah, <laughs> gross, Bama. <laughs> um, he is something special.
0: Yeah, uh, his, all of his film is just almost perfect.
1: Man Among Boys. Mm-hmm. He's not afraid to initiate the contact. His second and third gear are scary fast. He's, you're not going to arm
0: tackle him. I compared him to a more athletic Derrick Henry. Which we were supposed to go back and look at
1: Derrick Henry's collegiate tape. Yeah, and I forgot to. Um
0: very similar in size. I believe he's six two, six and like two thirty six two two thirty. So Derek
1: Henry's 6'1", 239 or something. Yeah, I think Henry's so an inch shorter and
0: five pounds heavier. Very similar in size, but um, Najee's a little more athletic. And I think, I th- I think he's the most complete back in this draft by far.
1: Gary and I were watching this film yesterday, and we said if it wasn't such a quarterback heavy draft. We could see Najee Harris almost getting the nod that Saquon's got in the past, that Leonard yep. Fournette's got, that Zeke Elliott's got. He is a special, real deal player.
0: And I mean, who knows? He still might sneak up in there. He was a a very solid player. He got yes. he won the Heisman, I believe, right? Or no,
1: no, uh, he won the Doke. I think he won the Doke Walker, the best running back. Devontae Smith won the Heisman. Yeah, shirt. you're right. Okay, um, he was in the was discussion in the though. Um, his patience behind the block is. Levy on Bell, yeah. We,
0: we compare it. We're like, wow, this dude waits for his blocks and literally just runs through the hole.
1: They lined him up all all over the formation. Um, he can run block. Yeah, there was one or two in the Georgia game where he actually was almost being played as fullback and just bullying mm-hmm. people out of the way. He's a capable receiver. He falls forwards for yardage. He he rarely ta- he's rarely taken on a first contact. Um.
0: It's kind of cool watching him run because he, like, glides through the line. Yes. It,
1: it, like, you. I think you said that. You, your exact words were, he, he glides. There, it's such a fluid one-cut move. He's through the line and off to the races almost every
0: time. And he sees the whole field. It's not like, oh, I see the hole. I'm cutting here. Well, if there's more than one hole, because obviously Bama has the best offensive line in the country every year, I'm going to pick the best one.
1: Yes. Um... He bounces on his feet really well to keep all of his options open mm-hmm. on the cuts. He was a solid open field blocker. I noticed that big. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got that ability with the size to carry a defender five yards with him to gain the extra yards. Yeah,
0: even when he's stopped in the backfield, he's not stopped. He's hot. not
1: stopped. There's there's no such thing as stopped with Najee Harris. Um, He's scary fast and physical to boot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: This is a guy that, I mean, I, I would say is my most complete back in the draft.
0: Yeah, and it's not like we watched him play against, like, select Division one schools. We watched him. I mean,
1: Missouri's not great, but it's, it's Georgia. Seems, it's still, yeah, Georgia and Missouri. Um, I mean, did you have anything else you wanted to add in there? No, I mean, I think. 251 carries, 1,466 yards, 26 touchdowns via the ground. 43 catches, 425 receiving yards, and four more touchdowns. 30 total touchdowns this
0: past year. I think I can go on record saying that this running back in the draft is the only one that does not need an offensive line to play for him. I
1: think think a good offensive line will help benefit him. Right,
0: but he's not going to need it. He's going to succeed either way. Correct. Um, He's going to have better numbers, obviously, with a line that's blocking well for him, but I think he's not going to have a problem with a team that's not blocking, or blocking poorly. I
1: mean, I'll go on record right now and say it would not shock me to see him drafted
0: anywhere from pick 10 to 20. Yeah, I mean, they're mocking him to the Dolphins. At 18. They're, they're mocking him to the Steelers. Um, I think wherever he goes is going to be in the first round.
1: Yes. Um I think first round is definitely almost a guarantee.
0: I could see mid-first round as a real option. Um. If by some chance he goes out of the first round, someone needs to
1: trade up for him. Stat. Yes, um, but Gary, I mean, we we had enough of a love fest here. We didn't discuss this at all prior. No. Uh, do you want to go first, or do you want me to read my top ten? First?
0: Uh, I can go first. I don't yeah, Let's have you go first. Let me just get my page here. It was kind of tough on my leg, my back half, because we had so many guys. I was like, I don't know who to put here, but I came down to a final. Top 10.
1: Are you going to start with your honorable mention and count up?
0: Yeah, I'll just start with my honorable mentions. Um, I couldn't pick between the two, but I think I'm going to go with uh, Dimitri Felton out of uh, UCLA, only because um, my other one was Trey Ragus. R- I think that's what it was, out of, out of uh, Louisiana. Um, I think the only reason I put him, uh, Demetric Felton, as my honorable mention, is because he's got the ability to um, return punts and kicks. So, More of
1: an NFL-ready skill set? Yeah,
0: ready skill set. Um, and he's going to be get the chance to probably play some special teams, and special teams players are... Um, you can really benefit from having good special teams. Yes, good league. special teams, and uh, it's an opportunity for a lot of players to get on rosters. So, um, But my top ten, I'm going to start with number ten... Um, is I had to put him on this list somewhere because he played at a big school, and obviously had a slow start to the season. But Trey Sermon out of Ohio State, I put him at ten. Um, he did have a huge playoff uh, appearance and played very well in the playoffs. Um, but I had to put him there because he's got the, he's got the potential um, from playing at the big schools and in the big games. Um, if he can break that hump. Uh, Starting off slow, then I think he'll be successful. Number nine, uh, Memphis guy, Kenneth Gainwell. um, I think he's got a chance to be a number two, number three guy. uh, Very quick and a good receiving back. And I think he's benefited this year from playing with a good quarterback who apparently will be, I think, coming out next year maybe?
1: From Memphis? Memphis. I believe so.
0: Um, So I think... He's going to be a solid back at the next level as a rotational guy. Um, Number eight, the guy that kind of popped out at us late, um, Khalil Herbert out of Virginia Tech. I think he's got a chance to be, could end up being a starter at at some point, but probably will be a number two, number three guy. Um, Was a very solid receiving back. um, Very fast and very powerful for his size. Uh, My number seven, I have Michael Carter out of UNC. Another receiving back uh, was the change of pace guy there at the two-headed monster. The reason I have him towards the middle um, is because usually um, receiving backs are a good tool to use, but having receiving end running is what you want out of a three-down back. Um, And that's when I get to my number six, uh, Jarrett Patterson out of the University of Buffalo. I had to put him in here. I was trying not to be a homer uh, because he's a local guy, but just watching his film compared to some other guys. He's the real deal. Yeah, he's the real deal. And uh, I think he's got a total skill set. Um, I'll go to my number five, uh, the, the other two-headed monster out of UNC, Javante Williams. Javante? Javante, I don't know. Uh, Javante. Uh, more of the power back guy, has the ability to catch, catch the ball, um, but definitely better of the two, I think, because you want a guy who can run the ball and catch the ball, even though... Um, he wasn't used more as the pass catcher. I think he's got both excuse me, both uh, skill sets. Um, and then going into my number four is Chuba Hubbard out of Oklahoma State. Uh, I think watching his film, uh, he's definitely got the ability to be a starting running back, a number one. I don't know if he'll get a chance this year. He might get uh, put into a rotation, but I definitely think he's got a chance to be a solid player at the next level. Um, And then I'll go on my three, Um, a guy that I definitely really liked. And if it wasn't for Najee Harris and Travis Etienne, I think he'd be higher on my list. But Jamar Jefferson out of Oregon State, perfect for the pro-style offense, very powerful, very fast, very impressive. Um, We didn't have enough film on him for the pass catching and the blocking, but I think at the next level he could be coached up a little bit um, if he doesn't have those abilities. And then, obviously, one and two, I have Travis Etienne at two, just because um, he is the pass catcher. He's got the shootout of the cannon speed, but isn't the best blocker. And I think Najee Harris at one is just the better, more round, well-rounded back, can block, catch, run, and basically be a, um, a focal point of your offense. Not that Travis Etienne can't, but I think it's just a little bit better at the Uh, Running the ball, then, against Travis Etienne.
1: Absolutely, man. I think we've got a lot in common here. Uh, I'll start it off with my honorable mention. I'm going to go with Brendan Knox out of Marshall. Yep. Um, By no means am I saying that he's going to be the end-all, be-all at the NFL level, but I think the lack of real talent around him and what he had at Marshall um, on that offensive line and a poor quarterback allowing him to do what he did, I think given the right situation... This is a kid who could almost end up being like James Robinson was last year. I think he's got the ability and the strength to be a very good back in the pros, especially if he has a team around him. Um, number 10, I'm going to go with your honorable mention. I'm going to go Demetri Felton. I really like the pass catching ability he brings. I think even out of UCLA, which is, has not been the strongest school lately, I think he could still end up being a difference maker at the pro level.
0: Yeah, and especially with the special teams abilities.
1: I'm going to go back to a receiving... Threat back here. My um, number nine is going to be Michael Carter out of UNC. Um, I didn't feel like I had enough on him. I see that he's definitely the more consistent of the two backs out of UNC. Um, but it, nothing really popped great on tape. He—that's that, another one. You and I actually originally talked about UNC. When well, is it that they're good or is it that they've got Sam Hubbard there? Yeah. Um, number eight, and I—I'm going to get. Killed in Buffalo for this. I've got Jared Patterson at 8. I really like everything he did, and I think that, honestly, he could be the steal of the draft.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're not too far off. I have him at 6.
1: Yeah, I I think he'd be the steal of the draft. I just... My concern is running against the Mac and so often running against the Mac. Yeah. How explosive do you get when you go against the pros? Um, number 7, I'm going to go Javante Williams. I... The, the tape showed that he's a good back, but again, same as the Michael Carter thing. How much of that is passing, setting up the run in that situation? Sam Hubbard does a lot of work, opens up the field, now y'all can run. Uh, number six, I'm going to go with your number three. I'm going to go Jamar Jefferson here. Um, I really like his tape. I really think he's going to be... I, and like, I, I guess that's the thing. For me, in, the, in an NFL draft, at any given point in time, there's seven guys that are coming out at running back and be productive. Yeah. So to me, he's he's probably going to be a productive pro. I don't know if he's my number one talent-wise yet. Um, I think he's going to be a fun pro. I think he's going to be a productive guy for a few years. But I've got him still at six.
0: I just have him up higher because I think he's the most pro-ready out of the, the top ten.
1: And, and I agree with that. Um, I just don't know if he's got the most raw skill that once it catches on, he's going to have the longest career. Um, Number five, I'm going to go with Khalil Herbert. His running out of the backfield, Virginia Tech was not the best team. Um, He was a very well-rounded back. I really think he's someone who can offer something at the next level for the NFL teams. Uh, Same with Kenneth Gainwell. Number four, Memphis, I fell in love with this kid's tape. This is another guy I have a really big crush on as a player this year. Coming out of a situation in Memphis where last year... He was splitting carries with Antonio Gibson, who goes on to become a very good pro this year. He doesn't play this year due to the COVID. Um, I think Gainwell has a chance to take over and be a solid, solid running back in the pros. Uh, Number three, I've got Chuba Hubbard. I was a fan of him two years ago, 2019, when he was on Heisman pace. I followed up and watched what he was doing. Um, I think he's a guy who could be a second-round pick and a difference-maker at the pro level.
0: Yeah, and I mean... He could end up being a back half of the first-round pick. I, I think know. Hubbard's going to be probably closer to
1: second. I, I I agree, but, I mean, there's some teams... There's always someone desperate.
0: Like, uh, Hip Hip Hilaire.
1: <laughs> yeah, Should but, probably
0: not have been a first-round pick, but... Well,
1: that was more of a toss-up between him and Dobbins, I think. Yeah. Um, And I think it's because we all knew that anybody who took one there was already in a situation to not need to take a workhorse back, which is what Jonathan Taylor is. They yeah. were going to take a compliment back.
0: Yeah, usually... Um, Towards the back half of the first round, if you're taking it back, it's more of a complimentary luxury pick.
1: Yes, um, which is where number two comes in. I think Travis Etienne here, my second guy, will be a back half of the first rounder because he's going to offer that breakaway speed, the crazy talent that's going to help you win games as being a Mm -hmm. good team already. Um, And my number one, to agree with you, I'm a really big Najee Harris fan. Um, not to tip my hand too much, but in dynasty leagues, that's a guy I'm trying to get my hands on right here. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, another weekend of grinding tape down, 10 players off our list here that we've got real high lists on yep. and more to come with a lot of receivers yeah, we're coming hurt. next week.
0: Bust our ass a little more.
1: Um... A little bit more in pre-draft coverage, guys, then we'll start really breaking into free agency and how it all affects your fantasy stocks. But, Gary, you got anything you want to close out with?
0: No, I mean, um, we're coming to the last part of our film breakdown. Real prolific
1: so. breakdown. We're over halfway.
0: And we're going to put some more blood, sweat, and tears into it. So
1: Perfect. Uh, well, until next time then, guys, you keep on looking for those fantasy beasts. We'll tell you exactly where to find them.
0: Peace.